This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. If you didn't know, Athletic Brewing is available in the UK. Go to uk.athleticbrewing.com. And uh, the reason I mention that is because today we are talking to one of our UK ambassadors, Annie Brooks. Annie is awesome. She is uh, based in the UK, like I said, and spends her free time as you know, she's literally doing this when we're talking or like she's taking a break from it. She's training and racing triathlons like all the time. And through countless hours of hard work, uh, she has qualified for the Ironman Women's World Championship in Kona, Hawaii, literally next weekend. And uh, we're talking to her as she's training. She's in a, on a training trip right now. And, and we're going to talk about, you know, how she got to this point, how she got into triathlon, how she found athletic. Um, but the most interesting element about her story or kind of the biggest twist is that she deals with epilepsy and it comes into play with every aspect of her life. And it came, of course, unexpectedly out of nowhere. Uh, and it was a very mysterious um, situation for her. She didn't know what was happening because when she would have these almost like micro seizures, she wouldn't remember them. And so she doesn't even really know exactly when it started. It was really fascinating because, I, you know, I think of epilepsy and I think of seizures and, you know, we, we the movie version of seizures. But she's like, no, it, it, it's literally someone sitting there and they blank out and, you know, they, they twiddle their thumbs and, and, and they like lick their lips and you, you just, you wouldn't even know it. They're dealing with that. And it's very scary because of course, uh, a seizure, no matter how small, can interfere with anything you're doing. Like if you're driving or walking or, you know, carrying something, it can just a split second of of an, a seizure can cause you, you know, have really bad uh, consequences. And so it's obviously life altering. And it was really encouraging talking to her about how she's dealt with it. Um, how she has seen the positive side of it, how she has gotten into triathlon because of it um, and through it. And so no matter if you have epilepsy or you're into triathlons or whatever your interests are, this is a really cool story for you. You're going to get a lot out of it. You're going to learn a lot about positive attitude and about um, resilience and about living without compromise from Annie. So this was fantastic. And if you're available next Sunday, October 14th, Follow the Ironman Tracker app. Uh, follow Annie along. See how she's doing. Follow her on social. I'm sure she'll be posting about it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Annie, for being on. And good luck next week. We're going to be uh, cheering you on over here at Athletic Brewing. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey, folks, you heard a little bit about Annie's story in the intro, but we are going to welcome Annie Brooks here to Without Compromise. Welcome. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Where are you coming from today? Where's home for you? Well, home is actually normally the UK. I'm normally sort of in the middle. We always tell everybody near Nottingham, Robin Hood. Uh, but I'm actually uh, out in the Canary Islands at the moment. I'm in Tenerife. 
uh, because I'm training for Ironman Kona and it's guaranteed to be hot here, whereas the British weather, weather can sometimes be a little bit, sometimes rainy, as everyone knows. So come out to get some heat training here. Is that where a lot of people go to train or to get kind of those similar environments? Yeah, a lot of people actually, you'll find that obviously a lot of triathletes go to Lanzarote. Uh, and I did earlier uh, this year um, to get a bit of wind training because Lanza wind is notoriously <laughs> notoriously difficult to deal with. Uh, but I've actually got family in Tenerife, so I'm sort of utilizing that. Uh, but yeah, it, a lot of people like training in these conditions. So yeah. Very similar to what Kona will be like. That is, that's really exciting. Um, well, yeah, I want, I want to dial it all the way back. I know you've talked a lot about, um, dealing with epilepsy as an athlete, discovering triathlon afterwards. Um, wh what were you doing early on in life? How did you, were you an active kid or a young adult? Did you, um, you know, did you play any sports or anything or did you discover this later on? I was active to some extent, but not anywhere near as how active I am now. I did, you know, dance classes, gymnastics, that sort of thing. No team sport. I mean, anything with like <laughs> soccer, anything like that, I am terrible at. Uh, didn't really know. I enjoyed being active. So did a little bit of like aerobics and that sort of thing. But then my husband actually got into triathlon himself later in life. And then after I was diagnosed with epilepsy, I was like, well, why don't I, why don't I give one of these a go myself and I'll raise money for a, an epilepsy charity. And I kind of got hooked. So yeah, it's kind of, this has all come later on in life completely. You know, your husband discovered it. Did, were, did you, what did you think about him doing these things? Like, Oh, that's great. Great for you. But I'm not, I'm not really that interested. It's actually really funny that you've mentioned that because today uh, it popped up on my Facebook memories. Was I can't remember how many years ago it was now that he did it, but he did his first full distance triathlon. And I was obviously didn't do any triathlon or anything. I was like, didn't quite understand the amount of why he was doing so much training, had no idea really what I was experiencing at all when I look back on those photos. Um, and it's crazy to think that now here's me totally absorbed in it and can I feel bad that I didn't have as much sympathy for what he was about to experience and what he was going through. So, yeah, um, <laughs> it's crazy looking back and thinking, wow. What is what's his you know, is he is he still all about it like you are? Or is, I mean, did you kind of like get bit by the bug and surpass him in interest and like dedication to it? No, our whole lives are triathlon. I actually feel like, <laughs> I feel like, do you know what? When people want, when I'm having a conversation with people, I feel like I'm one of these people who try to like slide it into a conversation. I'm like, can we talk about triathlon? Um, no, we, he's actually a coach now. So he's a triathlon coach and coaches me, which is great. Uh, well, yeah, we live and breathe triathlon, the pair, pair of us, which is, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, really. Um, I'm very happy we found it. It's given me a lot of focus. And yeah, it's just the community is just exceptional. I, I, I want to go back just a little bit to before you got into triathlon, when you were still figuring out what was going on internally with what you didn't know at the time what it was. But do you mind telling us some of those early days of dealing with epilepsy before you were really sure what it was? Yeah, of course. Well, 
I think it's important to sort of highlight that it's like 50 million people worldwide, around 50 million people worldwide that actually have epilepsy. Jeez. And uh, around 60% have what they call focal seizures. So most people know epilepsy to be tonic-clonic seizures, which are the ones where people have a visual bit, you know, something you can you can see something happening. And when I just mentioned focal seizures, 60%, that's what I fall into, which essentially is you're still conscious, so it but it can be easy to miss unless you have a like your handle twitch or um you'll swallow a lot, but unless you're looking for it, you could easily miss it. And ultimately that's what happened with me. I didn't know what I was experiencing at all. And I didn't know there was any other kind of epilepsy. So it took so long to be able to explain to doctors, this is what I'm experiencing. Because another problem with this kind of epilepsy is it produces a lot of brain fog afterwards and you'll forget what happened. So it's, it's, it was a very, very confusing time. And it went on for many, many years going back and forth to doctors who thought I'd just got anxiety or 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 I was de- just depressed and even though I was feeling low as this was continuing on I just knew this wasn't the root cause there was something else happening in the end I, it was a friend who I'd sort of had one of those we'd been on a night out and I'd uh chatting in the in the, the ladies bathroom and she, I would say I would just sort of opened up to her and I said this is happening and I I feel so low and I don't know what to do and she was like what you're experiencing sounds like something that I have which is epilepsy I just remember thinking how is how is that epilepsy isn't this epilepsy and so from there I I said to my doctor I was like look send me to a neurologist if it's wrong I will I will go and take the antidepressants that they've been trying to give me um and we'll we'll look at it that way but in the end tests proved that said that I was experiencing um epileptic brainwaves which confirmed I'd got epilepsy um it was a massive shock I'm gonna be honest it was you wanted to get the news it was nice to put something that I wasn't I wasn't going mad but at the same time it was it was a huge shock to the system because I could no longer drive. So I had to give up my driving license and I still don't drive now. And it was just, it, it, it shocked me. Uh, so it took a while for me to sort of pick myself back up again. And that's, that's ultimately when I entered that first triathlon. But it was a hard, hard going. And I think that's why I've always made it my mission to sort of talk more about this kind of epilepsy because I don't want anyone to feel as isolated and lonely as I did because it's all happening internally and people can't quite grasp how how hard it is to live with and so I don't want anyone else to feel alone so that's why I sort of started talking about it a bit more. I'm glad you have it's it's mm-hmm. raised awareness to me someone that hasn't dealt with it but I, I have heard of this before with other people and and I didn't really know but doing research on your story it was like okay this is you know I wouldn't know if someone was having a seizure like that right in front of me like when did this start for you do you remember a first instance or was it a slow creep of an ex- like a half second here or a second here of of a seizure or you know what I mean like how 
was it just one day something happened? You're like, what was that? Or did you didn't even remember probably the first time? Yeah, you, you're right. I, I don't even necessarily know if I remember the first time. And I don't know if it was because there's so many different uh, kinds of uh, focal seizures, like, you know, or, or so many different kinds of symptoms that you'll experience. Some are more intense than others. Some, for me, don't necessarily include my hand twitching or me swallowing a lot. Sometimes I can just be frozen on the spot. But as I say, you are often left very confused and disorientated. And then before you know it, you've forgotten that it's kind of happened or what you experienced. So it was very easy to miss. And it, I think really what happened was it just gradually got more frequent. And that's when I, I'd sort of realized something, something's happening here or I'd, I'd started writing it down, if I'm honest. So we started writing down these episodes. We called them episodes at the time. I was like, I'll write it down and try and as soon as it's happened and I'm able to write properly because that's also some, something that happens your motor skills sort of go and sometimes you can't think of the words everything gets a bit jumbled but I try my hardest to write down what I was experiencing and when it happened and then you know I don't obviously sometimes then forget what happened but I could look back and go oh yeah that did happen that day oh I've had another one of those today so by tracking it that helped me help me realize like what well, actually this is getting a lot worse. I really need to sort this out. I don't know what's going on. You know, having this happen and maybe not knowing when it would happen or how severe or you know, how did it make you feel? What was the world around you doing? It sounded like I'm sure this would just create almost like a a, a, a hesitation to do certain things, a fear around certain situations, a sense of loneliness. What was what were you feeling as this started getting worse? Without actually knowing what was happening um, and that there was actually a name for it, yes, definitely. I I actually I actually used to have them. They when I was actually getting up in the morning and going in the shower. If I'm honest, oh, they used to, it used to happen for some reason. I'd get up in the morning and I'd be actually fearful about getting in the shower. So I'd I'd have to I tell my husband I'd be like I'm going in the shower. I'm going to have to put, because I used to put radio on, uh, I used to put classic FM on, which uh, classical music, basically, because I thought if I can have something, let's just try and calm me down as much as possible, because then it won't be as intense. But I used to get really nervous about going in to wash my hair in the morning, because it normally would happen first thing in the morning, and it would happen when I was in the shower. And then there were a few times where I would be going you know, I used to do a gym class when I said I used to do aerobics. I used to love my aerobics classes. And um, during the more like the running tracks on this, I'd, I'd, I'd sometimes have them there. And I, I used to think I can't do that class anymore because I don't want to trigger a seizure. And then you start putting things off and then you start kind of getting a bit more, you know, it, you isolate yourself because you just don't want them to, you don't want to be back in those particular scenarios again. But now I know epilepsy well. Um, well, I know mine well. I, it, it can happen at any time. So putting things off it, it isn't worth it because it, it, it may or may not happen. You, 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 you aren't in control of that. 
there are triggers. So getting stressed and tired and basically just not looking after yourself can trigger my seizures. Uh, but it, it, there's no point in putting things off. And ultimately, I kind of fought back and pushed back against the the voice in your head going, no, you can't do that because you're going to have a seizure there again. You, you know, you, you have to kind of put your foot down. Otherwise, you, you just stop doing everything. It spirals, I'm sure yeah. it can, because it's like, well, I can't do this. And you isolate yourself and then you start, you know, avoiding more things. And then, you know, your body isn't able to do it. Yeah, I can imagine it just, it can get out of hand quickly, even if, you know, just out of the fear of something happening. I, you know, you see it with other things all the time. What would you say were some of those breakthroughs for you that got you to start moving in the other direction, like getting more capable, getting more confident? Sounds like a lot of education about this or a lot of searching. I know it took years to figure out what was going on. Yeah, definitely. I actually, Do you know what I actually think did it for me to be able to start sort of going – you know, pushing past that sort of fear of one happening or, or and not putting things off because I was worried about it is actually talking about it. Um, I used to be so embarrassed. I, I, honestly, I can't tell you how many times they'd happen in the middle of conversations with people. And I'd get like a 30-second warning, but I didn't want to tell the person, oh, by the way, I may or may not have a seizure. And right. so you would just live in fear. So I'm right. uh, even having this conversation right now with you, I would be, old me would be absolutely like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have this call and have this chat with you because I could have a seizure in front of you and I don't know how to tell you that I'm having a seizure. So I used to really panic about telling people I had epilepsy. Um, you'd also get different reactions from people so because like, like I didn't know that I was experiencing you know, focal seizures, other people still don't know that there's different ones. So I think when I started really sort of writing about it on my blog, I did start doing YouTube uh, videos about focal seizures and started being almost like owning my condition and, and not necessarily being proud of it because that's not the right word, but like almost going, yeah, I've got epilepsy. I'm fine. You know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I can't change it. Let's just, this is what it is. And when I kind of did that, I felt more confident and then I was like right no we're not letting this hold us back let's 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 push on let's do this but I had to kind of accept that this is part of me do you know what I mean I had to almost yeah. accept this is this is how it is um, and when I did that that's when I really I started doing all kinds of all, all sorts of things that old me wouldn't have even done <laughs> when I'm actually talking about it sorry it's making me feel funny because I'm like oh my gosh yeah actually I really did really did do that I had to sort of fight back against the in you know the internal dialogue telling you no you can't do that but yeah just as soon as I opened up about it it made me feel okay let's do it yeah and, and you know what's interesting is I'm sure it's impacted people that you know, don't have or don't deal with epilepsy, but it's the same idea of other things that people feel like could hold them back. Even me thinking like, okay, what's my, not, not like what's my epilepsy, but like, what do I feel like is holding me back from yeah. fear that I'm really just, I'm letting it do that, but I don't have to, and I could own it a little bit more. Maybe it's, you know, depression or, or any other thing yeah. that people deal with. So that's, that's really interesting. What, what was the reaction 
from folks as you started being more open about this? I'm, I'm, I'm sure positive. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I, I did it on, so I started out with a YouTube video, which is a terrible YouTube video, <laughs> but it was, it was well, back in the day, it was in 2015. So bear in mind, I was diagnosed in 2012. It took me that long to kind of like really open up about it. So wow, three years. Yeah. And, and you yeah, had been dealing with it. What? Four or five years, even before that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah exactly. Um, but then obviously when I did this video and, and I mean, I'll, I'll share it with you afterwards, actually. And you should see the amount of comments and the amount of, I mean, I've had hundreds of emails worldwide from people who were going through diagnosis or who have had uh, similar symptoms to me. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's, it was just a video I'd put, I've got, you know, a, a very small account on YouTube and I just put it on there and I've had so many people say, you know, I've got this too. And I experienced this as well. And by doing that, not only did it make me feel like, okay, so there are others out there. This is, this is, this is good when I'm not alone here, but I also was helping people who were where I was as well. So yeah, by doing that, it was just, wow, why haven't I done this sooner? Why have I been fearful of telling people for so long? You really don't know how folks are going to react and yes. you don't know how you're going to react even, you know what I mean? Like I, I, how, how does this change me? How does this change the way people view me? And I, I'm really glad you're doing this. This is awesome. So, so I want to know too, you know, it sounds like there's just a lot of misunderstanding around this, you know, dealing with epilepsy, especially in this way. Um, from my understanding, it seems like it would almost want you to do an activity where you're not you know, in a, in a state of, of potentially disrupting activity for a long period of time, like maybe you get into something like that you can do sitting down or something you can do that doesn't require to me, triathlon is a lot of time spent in places that you could, something could happen, biking, running, swimming. It's almost like you're diving headfirst, no pun intended into like the hardest activity to do. Why triathlon? I, I, I don't I don't know. I did that first one and I, I just loved it. I loved the challenge that came with it. And you know what? I actually do get asked this quite a lot. Um, you know, normally people sort of panic and say, are you going to be all right in the swim? And, you know, I have to say this before I actually go any further is everyone's epilepsy is different and everyone knows their own epilepsy and knows how to manage their epilepsy. So I'm not here advocating that everyone should go out and do a triathlon if you've got epilepsy mm. it's it, that's not what I'm saying everybody every everyone's epilepsy is different so it's what you feel most comfortable in but for me doing triathlon actually gives me focus so a lot of the time with my epilepsy by being stressed stress is like what superman's kryptonite <laughs> so it's like stress is my biggest trigger and I find that somehow when I'm doing triathlon I'm so focused and so in a rhythm with it and it just somehow grounds me I can't really describe it but especially with the swim swimming is good for mental health anyway so swimming for me it's my favorite part of a triathlon to be honest wow most, most, triathletes most don't people's like worst and least favorite but yeah your favorite I love I love the swim so the swim for me is my my favorite but you know, I want to, I want to keep pushing the boundaries. Obviously it, we're safe. You know, if it's not, if I, you know, if I've had 
back-to-back seizures and, you know, I'm meant to be racing. I won't race, you know, or I won't train or, you know, I, I know how my body, how, how, how I feel and how to manage it. But I love the challenge. Like I've done, I did a, I did 12 in 12 challenges actually. Uh, so yeah, yeah, a couple 12, years ago, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah. So I did 12 and 12 challenges just to see, you know, how, how I could try some different things over, um, you know, with, with my condition and push myself a little bit. Um, and it was amazing. And it was so incredible to realize that this condition doesn't need to hold me back and look what I can achieve. And it was all whole different, different kinds of um, challenges. One example, one example was actually a snowboarding lesson. And this takes us back to your previous question about, you know, you know, we were talking about putting things off. Now, I had a seizure during a snowboard lesson when I was living in Val d'Isere, and I didn't know I had a seizure. This is like back in 2008, maybe, and I didn't know I was having a seizure at the time. So it always had this, like, grey cloud over snowboarding, and then I decided, okay, well, I've not I've not done snowboarding since. Let's, 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 let's cross off that fear and go and do it. So that was one of my challenges, and I did it. I loved it. I'm not great. <laughs> I'm not good at the snow sports situation, so I'm better off a triathlon. But, you know, that was kind of one of the challenges. I did trail runs. Um, I can't remember. It's been quite a few, to be honest. I, did, I can't remember all of the different ones I did now, you've asked me. But I just ticked off a load of different challenges to kind of show that, you know, anything is possible with with having conditions don't let disabilities hold you back you know it doesn't matter on what the scale of the it, it doesn't need to be I don't need to be climbing Mount Everest I could be it, it it's all relative to you as a person what the challenge is and that was what that 12 and 12 challenges was for me and what I was trying to do I love that facing up mm-hmm. to those fears trying it because it is you know you can accept you can accept the narrative that oh I, I can't do that anymore because mm. of something that happened, you know, 10 years ago when you've grown a lot since then, you understand things a bit more now or a lot more now. And it's, gosh, you see it time and time again, people believe that narrative and, and never, never go into that territory ever again. Yeah. And I think it yeah. starts, that territory grows on you to where you start accepting that narrative in other parts of your life. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you're the, the, the area you can explore is just smaller and smaller over the years versus growing and growing as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. What, what would you say as through your experience, um, learning about epilepsy and, and talking about it, what, what is maybe one of the biggest misunderstandings people have or something you wish people would, would understand about it? That, you know, just because, um, all I'd probably say actually, all all epilepsy, all kinds of epilepsy. There's there's so many different different variations of having epilepsy. Um, everyone, whatever it is, experience. It's not nice to anyone to experience. They're all just as bad as each other. You know, there is this thing with you know when you can't see it, it can't be that bad. But actually, it's 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 hard. It's so horrible to live with, and it's. It, it takes 24-7 to manage it. So even if you're not having seizures every single day, 
you're still constantly having to do this balancing game of trying to manage manage it and make sure that you are in a better position not to have seizures. So just because, I guess, just because it's invisible or can be invisible unless you know to look for it, don't dismiss it as being, it is still a very difficult thing to live with. Um, I think that's kind of, that's some, something I'd, I'd love people to sort of research a little bit more on focal seizures as well and just the different kinds of epilepsies that, that, is out, that are out there. I wish people would look into it a little bit more because, as I say, <laughs> there's around 50 million people worldwide that have the condition. Um, and, yeah, I don't think enough people know about it. And once upon a time, that was me included. So... You know, you're you're uh, you're you're gearing up, and you're actually somewhere right now getting ready for for Kona, uh, training for Kona. The uh, the, gosh, the Ironman, like the <laughs> iconic location, the iconic race, um, where it all started years ago. Uh, what what are you looking forward to the most about Kona? What are you, I don't know, anticipating the most, or most excited about, or most nervous about? What are your just general feelings right now? Well, I haven't, I, I've only ever done 70.3s. I didn't qualify in the, the normal way. I was actually kindly gifted a ambassador athlete bib from Ironman directly as a female athlete and one that has a neurological condition. So I'm going into this as, this is my first full distance Ironman. So that on its own is uh, quite quite a big thing, um, and uh, you know, starting high up, aren't I? Really, I'm starting I'm starting out with the best uh, the best full distance you could possibly think of. Um, I'm I, I'll be honest, I am actually nervous of the unknown, but I am so excited to be stepping up to the start start line with so many female athletes. Um, I'm really excited about it, but I keep ping-ponging, I'll be honest, as as you could probably tell. I keep ping-ponging between, like, super, super excited. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about this. And, you know, so I, I, it, there's positive energy there. That's a good sign. That's a good a balance between excitement and nervousness is basically yeah. what I use as, like, a guidance. Is this the right direction to go? Yes. You know what I mean? If it's all fear, you know, like a like a grizzly bear chasing you, then yeah, it's not a good thing. If it's all excitement, you know, maybe that's too much of a good thing. I don't know. Yes. Maybe it's not enough growth. So, you know, it's uh I think that's a great balance. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, it's notoriously hard, hence why I'm doing whatever I can to try and train as as well as I can but obviously having this condition there has got to be points where I've got to recover I mean to be honest with you I had to take two days off from training because I'd I'd had a seizure at the start of last week that was a really bad one and I actually raced I did a, a local triathlon at the weekend and I had a bit of a we, we call it a little wobble we had a little bit of a wobble while I was actually racing and um so then I just decided I was like nope not training two days off so we have to we have to incorporate that into my into my, my training so that's 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 been a bit of a pain <laughs> if I'm honest because I just want to get out there and train and do whatever I can but I have to be realistic with my condition that I can't be a hundred percent all the time I have to 
really think about recovery etc and kind of doing what you were saying before maybe I need to do a bit more like yoga and sitting down a bit more (laughs) to kind of incorporate that into it as well but you know um this is this is possibly my my mum keeps telling me I'm absolutely bonkers she's like Annie will you just calm down after this year you were doing too much (laughs) she's like why why would you do this I'm like mum this is just like this is like the ultimate, the ultimate race. And it's such a historic um, an event this year in particular with obviously it being female athletes as well. So, you know, just, uh, yeah, yeah, like I say, uh, you can tell the energies there of me being nervous and excited simultaneously. <laughs> how, do you, how do you think being an all-female race will, will, I mean, have you ever done one before? How do you think that'll change the, the atmosphere and environment? No, I've never never done a full female race before. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's nice to do highlights on both genders. I think that's great. I think it's awesome to be able to celebrate both female and male athletes in their own races. I think that's I think it's great. Um, I think it's just I think it's going to be awesome. I, do you know what? I've actually connected with so many different people online as well who have got spaces. I've never met them before in my life. We're all meeting up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just this like, oh my God, I'm so excited about going. Are you, what are you taking here? When are you arriving? And we're all just connecting. And I don't think you would get that at any other race, really. So already I'm, I'm looking forward to that element of it and, you know, making new friends, et cetera, whilst we're doing it. It probably comes as no surprise, to be honest with you, that I, uh, I, I'm one of these talkers on on race day when I'm onto the run and we're having a conversation about how much we're like, why, why are we doing this? Yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already loving the buildup for not just like the training and the, the kind of looking at the race, but the kind of the people that are going and making these new connections and, you know, having this like once in a lifetime opportunity to, to do this um as well you you mentioned something earlier and i want to ask you know what do you do to stay positive and then we'll jump into rapid fire right after this what do you do mindset wise when epilepsy interrupts your plans interrupts your training especially now when you've been dealing with it so long you understand it so much better uh you know so much about it and how to get through these episodes um what is it, you know, what, what do you do to stay on track, especially when it just kind of, I don't know if it ruins your day or just messes up your plan. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's hard not to feel deflated. So after a seizure, I actually am one of these people that get very low about it. I do feel, I beat myself up about it quite a lot. I'm like, well, what did I do? How have I, why have I treated it? You know, and as I said to you, you know, sometimes it just happens um and I, I do find that I sort of wallowing self-pity a little bit sometimes um which it can happen and then it depends on how intense I mean, honestly it depends on how intense the seizure was sometimes I'm left with a really bad migraine and I'll need to go and sleep uh so obviously that impacts training but I know now really that if I try and bounce back too quickly, I'm going to be like benched for longer, if that makes sense. So I'm going to, 
I'm going to end up making it worse. So sometimes you just have to go, okay, I need to relax. So what can I do to relax instead of say, I've got, maybe I've got a, a run and a swim planned out. And obviously that's not, that's going to have to just be pinned for a little while. What can I do instead? I'll utilize doing like ice bath. I'll do stretching. I'll do a bit of yoga. And I'm like, well, actually this is all helpful. So but it's taking it down a bit and then you just have to you just have to go with it as frustrating as it is but I think that's come with time like you say of like I now know that that's that's what my body needs that's what my mind needs um you just have to you just have to sort of go with it there's no other way around it unfortunately but maybe that's not a bad thing you know you need to people need to stretch and recover a lot more I just <laughs> I just have to do that quite often unfortunately <laughs> yours, yours is sometimes forced yeah sometimes um, yeah definitely which happens which happens um well let's jump into some rapid fire and then we'll then we'll then we'll wrap this thing up you don't have to answer one word you know a sentence or two or if you want you know if there's a funny story or something feel free to jump in but um the first rapid fire question is what are you most curious about right now? And I'm going to say outside of triathlon and outside oh of epilepsy. Oh my gosh. Now you've thrown me. Yeah. That, that might be 99% of what you do. So, and did you know what the first thing, but you're going to laugh. The first thing that just kind of popped in my mind was at the moment I've, I've got a dog <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder how well we could uh, add another dog to the equation. We actually travel in our van quite a lot. Uh, uh, we have a yes, a I did see that. Um, and my dog, current dog, has been to like eleven countries. <laughs> in my head, the first thing that popped in mind was thinking, "I wonder." I'm curious about how could I add another dog or like re-change the the camper van around so i can add another dog into the but yeah nothing nothing um academic <laughs> pops to mind unfortunately there's probably going to be something that pops afterwards um but yeah i'm thinking about how, can i add another dog to the equation of the camper van that's one <laughs> hey that's great that's uh exactly exactly what we're looking for right there dog adding what? another dog i mean that's oh, a curiosity yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what would you say, and this could be in triathlon, what would you say is maybe one of your proudest achievements? One of my proudest achievements, um, actually, actually, it's not triathlon, but it's it's uh, it's one that my mum constantly reminds me of, to be honest. My mum always brings this up when I, when I kind of quiver and say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. She's like, nope, you can, you did this. So um in the UK, there is a, like, um, it's called a Breast Cancer Moonwalk. So basically, it's a marathon at night, moonwalk. Uh, it's a marathon at night, and it's just everyone walks. And back in 2009, I think it was, that I did it. Oh, no, I'm lying. 2010, maybe. Um, I'd actually, I actually tore my ACL. Uh, I'd done it skiing, and I just had... Um, not just had but it'd not been that long ago since I'd had my knee operation so this was quite a big thing wasn't really into fitness at the time and um I was really struggling on this walk I was with my mum and my sister which they are super fit the pair of them and I wasn't at the time and it was like it was like some something out of a film where there was like a crossroad and I could either go 
right and take the half marathon route or go straight on with them and do the full. And at the time, I, I slowed back and my mum said, you know, just just take the half and we'll see you at the end. And uh, I was walking along and I thought, I don't really want to take the half because I'm going to have to deal with that with myself and feel like I've failed. In the end, I decided to carry on. And obviously by this point, I'd lost the pair of them. And um, as it went on, I I could see the, my mum and my sister are tiny. So I was like, I could just see them. <laughs> I could just see the little heads. And then um, I started calling them and I caught up with them. And my mum always brings this one back to me and says, and we all obviously all finished together. Um, my mum always brings this back to me and she was saying, this is where you had a choice and you chose to carry on and you pushed past. Um, and that, I guess that, I guess that is kind of a proudest, proudest moment, really. It's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the most extreme challenge or anything I've done, but no, I'd say, no. you know, perseverance, the first sign of, you know, stubbornness maybe <laughs> in that I, I wanted to continue on and keep going. If, especially for very high achieving people, people that won races, you know, a lot of times the most impactful story and, and event in their life was, you know, that, that first time they had to overcome which was yeah. oftentimes as a school kid, you know what I mean? Like a young child or uh, early on in their career. So it's not uh, always, at all, ever, really, that folks I talk to. So that, that's that's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, that being said, you know, what what is a biggest goal? What is one of the biggest goals you haven't yet achieved yet or something on the horizon for you that you really want to, to do? It might be obvious with Kona. Maybe it's beyond that. Maybe it's something else. That is a very good question. <laughs> Obviously, at the moment, I actually feel like my entire life has just been absorbed by Kona, if I'm honest. Yes, <laughs> because as, I, it, as it does, as it does. As, 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 as most people would, but like it's just totally absorbed with it. However, that being said, my husband doesn't know I want to do this because he keeps trying to get me into it. My husband does a winter triathlon where it's like, uh, running on snow, then it's mountain biking on snow, and then it's cross country skiing. Oh wow! I would quite like to have a go at that. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Okay, <laughs> keep ratcheting it up the difficulty and, and the challenge. That's yeah. that's fun. That sounds great. I mean, I, I you know, I, 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 just for the disclaimer, I call myself look pro go slow triathlete. <laughs> so you know, I'm not going to be like going super fast or breaking any records. I'd just like to give it a go. So there you yeah. Go. I, that would be what I would like to do. That'll be fun. That that sounds really interesting and and uh, whole new idea, whole new whole new type of challenge. You know what I mean? Yep. Pushing your boundaries. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, as you pursue these crazy ideas and these big challenges, what what's a daily habit you stick to that really helps you keep on stay on track? It could be related to epilepsy. It could be just something else. What's something you got to do every day? I do like to do um, a bit of. So in the morning, I like to make myself a cup of coffee and sit on my arm. I've got a nice little squidgy armchair and I sit on my armchair and I just read for a little bit and I just have a little bit of peace and quiet before I start the day. And it, it and also bit, it's kind of like almost meditation-y sort of side of things, just having a bit of grounding before I start the day. And yeah, I, I love doing that. That sounds lovely. I I want to do that right now. Gosh, that sounds awesome. I'm drinking the coffee and I'm sitting down. It's not 
not a not not out by the window though reading a book that's i'll do that after this um do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer and if and if not that's fine too run wild ipa run wild ipa oh yeah yep. that's that's the first one i ever had and yep. uh it's still to this day you know that's like if i'm not sure i'm like i always want to run wild that's the one or that was the first one i tried um at an ironman race actually in uh, before it came over to the UK, actually, before uh, Athletic Brewing came over to the UK, wow. I was at the Ironman, uh, you're going to think we're mad, at uh, uh, the Ironman Indian World 70.3. I know I'm doing it again this year, but we were at that one in 2021, I think it was. And I, I saw the Athletic Brewing stand at the side and was like, wonder what this tastes like. And it's, yeah sold ever since <laughs> that's awesome so cool that's so great well thanks for taking the risk and and trying it giving it a try that's what we tell people just try it all you got to do is try it yeah, not exactly. even in front of us you don't have we don't have to see a reaction so you know on each of our cans it used to say you like it used to say brew without compromise and that's where we got this idea to live without compromise because you can't just you know do one thing in your life in an excellent and, you know, in a way with integrity, you kind of have to just be that kind of person and live that way. You're not going to be, you know, perfect at everything. It's not saying that, but you really have to give it your all in everything you do. Um, What does living without compromise mean to you? That's a very good question. I probably, I guess living without compromise is just being open to new challenges and not letting things hold you back for me personally and in my situation you know with having epilepsy and having seizures it's like not letting something that's could be an obstacle hold you back from doing what you want to do it's about adjusting and finding a way around it but ultimately there are other pathways that you can take to get to where you want to go and that I guess is living without compromise for me you know if one path is blocked there's other ways around things to get to where you want to go and not having to compromise for it there you have it folks if you want to find out more about athletic brewing whether you're in the u.s or the uk you can go to athleticbrewing.com or uk.athleticbrewing.com and you can find where you can get it on store shelves. I know we're available at Tesco everywhere there and here in the States, 30 something thousand locations now, maybe more, uh, as well as being able to order it online. And good luck next weekend, Annie. We'll be cheering you on.